Welcome to the Dream Living Podcast. The podcast for those who want to achieve phenomenal results in their life, career, and business. Now, here's your host, Angela Spears. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dream Living Podcast. This is Angela Spears, your host and Dream Living Coach, and I am back with my co-host, Terry Thomas, HR professional, 20 plus years, and life coach. Hey, Terry, what's going on? Hey. Hi, Angela. Hi, everyone. Um, it's all good here. All good. All right. Uh-huh. Another day, another dollar, right? <clears throat> right. At least the sun's out, so I'm happy about that. Yes. It's into the, I think it's spring too, officially. Yeah. <laughs> it is spring. Yes. So that's always good. Um, hopefully we'll feel more of spring as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, since it is a sunshiny day today, we are, uh, again, focused, continuing to focus on career, uh, career topics. Again, we focus on life and business as well, but our primary focus these days has been career. And last episode, we talked about navigating a career change. And we thought naturally, if you're assuming you've successfully navigated that change, then what comes next? Your first 90 days, you started your new job, whether you got laid off and started a new job, whether you got promoted, whether you decided that the, you know, this career path wasn't for you and you successfully navigated that boom, day one of the job. How do you navigate through those first 90 days? That's what we're going to talk about today. And I think that when you start a new job, it's really, really important to be strategic and have a plan for what, you know, mapping out your vision for the first 90 days, whether you're a leader, whether you're an individual contributor, it doesn't matter. I feel like you should have that in mind. And what we're going to share with you are some tips that can help you to think about that strategy. Okay. So um, I'm, the first question I'm just going to ask, and again, either one of us can jump in is, you know, when you think about past jobs you've had and your strategy for the first 90 days, what are some approaches that me or you have taken when it comes to that? Would you like to start or would you like me to start with that one? I'll take a stab at this one, Angela. I'll okay. start. Go for so it. When I think about the first 90 days, I, I think of in two different um, buckets. I think if like, say you said, you said it, is this an internal promotion or are you an external coming in? Because I think I see it in two different lights based on that. And again, this is coming from my HR head and what I'm thinking and what, you know, I'm telling my business partners they need to do to make their new person successful. So um, I'll start with external because that's the easy one. Let's say you're starting a brand new job and you're new to the company. Um, great. So the first thing I would say t- to do is to really look at, um, the onboarding program, if the job has one, of what it offers and make sure you take advantage of that. Because a lot of companies, they have a a specific onboarding program. Like I know my company does. We actually, my HR team that I work with, we just put together a brand new onboarding program for for external people, which um, we work with our business partners and we say, hey, this will give them an overview of the company overall And then we say, here's the specific things about the department. We even go into detail to help our business partners kind of figure out what they should do for that person that first 90 days. So we talk about, hey, this is kind of the meeting schedule for the department. Like you have a staff meeting every two weeks or every month or whatever that schedule is. Or, and hey, 
Um, these are some of the key players you need to know in this business. So you need to set up meetings with these people. And hey, these are some of the um, the, the, the main processes or tasks that we do in this job. So these are the things we need you to focus on first. So that's what we would do for an external. We give them a lot of, of help, right? So um, that's kind of what I'd say for external. It's like, if they have an onboarding program, make sure you take full advantage of it. Oh, and also on that onboarding program, we have a um, 180 day training program of different trainings that we offer. Like this is what you should do your first 30 days. These are the trainings you should take. These are the first, these are the trainings you should take in your 60 to 90 day, you know, 90 to 120 and 120 to 180. So we map that out. And that's not only for um, our, our people that come external, but we also do that for internal promotions. So we do have a training curriculum that we um, say, for, that we have them follow. We offer all these trainings, but we highlight the ones we think are the most important. Like you can do all of them if you want to, but these are the ones we are, think are critical. So make sure you take advantage and just, you know, whatever the company offers, make sure you um, go through that, especially if you're external. If you're internal, it's a little different because you actually already know the company. And I think what's important if you're internally promoted is to make sure you get with your um, your new leader and I think it's important, again, to kind of know the cadence of your department. Hey, when are the staff meetings? When are this? When are that? I, again, same key elements. Who are the people that I need to connect with um, and introduce myself to and say, hey, I'm new in this role. I'm not new to the company, but I'm new in this role. And, you know, my boss said, you are, you know, you're the ones that you're the person I need to connect with. I guess it's the same thing. Take advantage of the trainings. Take um, know who you need to connect with. Understand the cadence of your department. Um, and understand those processes you need to work on first. Like, what is it? What are the key things that I need to learn? And concentrate on learning those things first. So, I guess those are my. That's that's what I think of when I think of um, your first ninety days. I actually, went past ninety days, but mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. It's still the first. You know, the first part of the first half of your career in a new role, whether it's a new company or the same company to your point. And I think that those are two different scenarios, but I think the approach to be very similar regardless. Um, And I love that you all have an onboarding program for people who are promoted. I don't see that consistently in in organizations that, um, you know, take internal promotions as like, yeah, this is new. (laughs) Like we need to take you through onboarding. So I think that's great. And I think um, it's just in terms of what you can control, because, you know, maybe the company doesn't have a formal onboarding program, or maybe it's not as uh, robust as what Terry described. Uh, Ask, you know, ask for, um, you know, what, what, what are the specifics of my onboarding, and maybe even influence what that onboarding might look like, maybe have a vision of what you think it should be, if it's not as robust uh, as what Terry described, because it isn't always at all companies, unfortunately. But, um, you know, think about, like Terry said, who are the, ask these questions, who are the key people that I'll be working with, making sure that uh, you spend some time with them. And even if it's not set up for you, which it should be, if your company is uh, good at onboarding, but if it isn't, then ask those questions and set up that time yourself so that you can get to know different people and come with questions asking, you know, what is it that you do? How do you interact with the department that I'll be working in? And really think about, well, how will we be working together? Because maybe they're one of your stakeholders and you need to understand, well, how 
what is what is their ro- role as a stakeholder when it comes to my work and how often do I need to communicate with them? You know, ask them questions like that, just like you would your boss, your boss. Um, make exactly. sure you spend time with your boss and, you know, discuss what your goals are and quick wins for the first 90 days. And I, I think it's important to identify what what is a quick win or two or three that you can accomplish within the first 90 days. So it's really clear to your boss and those other people who were the decision makers in hiring you. It's like, oh yeah, we made made a great decision. Think of low-hanging fruit opportunities that you find when you have those, those conversations and what can you really just make your stamp and say, wow, this is a great, was a great hire. Um, um, and again, too, there's more uh, to unpack there where you have conversations with your manager, really make sure you understand what their expectations are, identify mm-hmm. what your goals are for the first 90 days or the first six months or whatever makes sense with the role and have regular check-ins with your boss. Even if they don't initiate it, you initiate it. You right. know, I want to have regular one-to-ones with you just, if, just to have that opportunity to align with your boss and ask right. for feedback. Ask for right. feedback about how you're doing so there aren't any surprises. Because a lot of times there's a 90-day probation period. And that's why probably why I called it first 90 days, because that's the time you have where it's just like, was this a good decision or was it not? <laughs> right. So you want to make sure you do everything you can to set yourself up for success because it may not be done for you as nicely as what Terry described. So I have to say something here too, because I, I, you know, you made me think of something. Yes. Yeah, so my company does do it well, um, but there's, there's, there's a, like a warning sign. I want to, I want to flash warning, warning, just a watch <laughs> out, uh, whether it's an internal, external promotion, this goes the same, especially if you are somebody who's going to be um, supervising people, other people, mm-hmm. like if you're being you your manager and you're going to have people that you supervise. Um, it's, I think it's really important that you as a new manager, new director, whatever that role is, that you don't come in and try to change the world, you know, in that first 90 days when you first get there. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you should come in with the attitude that my role is to learn what they do, mm-hmm. learn how they do it. And then, you know, once I've learned my people a little more, I've kind of learned the process a little more. Then if I see things that need, I, that need to be tweaked or changed or want to make a significant change, I can start doing it that way, but I'll do it in a manner that involves, you know, the, my, the, my, the people that I work with, because what I've seen um, and where people run into trouble, especially if you're a new people leader is you try to come in and you want to impress your boss or you want to impress. And, you know, I want them to know that I know what I'm doing and that I can make change and make it better. And you come in and you try to change things right off the bat. When you get there, number one, people don't know you, mm-hmm. they don't trust you per se, especially people, you know, um, so it's best not to come in guns a blazing and, and want to change the world. It's best to come in and observe first, yeah. mm-hmm. observe and listen, um, find out how they do things and, you know, why they do things. And if you think something they do is just off, you're like, and I don't, I'm like, I don't know why I do it this way. Why don't they do it this way? Keep that comment to yourself for a while, because I guarantee you, if you go in there and try to change the world and I'm, and I'm telling you this from experience, um, not my experience when I've seen other people crash and burn, um, that doesn't go very well. Right. It is so much better if you come in with an open mind. I'm, I'm here to observe, listen and learn and see what you do. And then my goal, once I learn that, 
And once I know you a little better and kind of understand the what, the how, and the why is, you know, let's work together and see how can we, how we can make it better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's just my call out, my warning, my caution. <laughs> you know, I agree. I agree. And when I say quick wins, that's why I was saying the part, make sure you're aligned with your boss. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you make sure you have those conversations on a regular basis, because I do agree with you that you should go with a sense of curiosity learning, asking questions, understanding how things are done. And it's okay if you have things in the back of your mind where you're like, oh, there's opportunity here or, oh, I could see this, but it doesn't mean that you verbalize it right away. You know, it's you, you, to your point, you assess, but again, I think it also depends on what you were hired to do. If you were hired to come in and make a lot of changes, that's one thing, but they still proceed with caution because that could be a part of your job, but every organization has a culture. Um, You have to consider who owned the processes that you're trying to come in to change, even if you were hired to do so, because what if you were hired to do something by your hiring manager and your hiring manager is not aligned with everybody else? You don't want to commit political suicide and just go in guns a blazing to Terry's point, even if you were told to. (laughs) That's a delicate balance that takes some strategy of, um, you know, and it's just what comes to mind is, let's say you ask a question about processes. I'm just totally making this up. And you hear the feedback and you say, oh, that's really interesting, that approach. Um, Has there ever uh, been a consideration of X? Just to test the waters, just to Mm -hmm. see where they are. And you're planting a seed as well. That's being very strategic about implementing change. Let's say that that's what you were hired to do and to get their reaction. If they say, Oh no, we would never consider that. (laughs) Then you know that you like, okay, well I have some work to do when it comes to driving the change. But if they say, yeah, we are open to that. It really gives you more information. It's like, I always say, (laughs) I tell some of my um, teams, I've told my teams this in the past to where don't always, and I'm here, I'm revealing my personal secrets, but don't always reveal all of your cards when you are in this particular situation. But I would say in general, you may have things in mind, but don't show your deck right away. It's like, you know what you have in mind, but ask questions to see what their deck what's in their deck so that you can be strategic about how you play your cards. That is going to be a better approach than just saying, Oh, well, I was thinking blah, 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 blah. (laughs) <laughs> right. No, and I, I, you know, when you said that, I think, yeah, assess the situation because you also want to assess, again, if you're a people leader or even if you're an individual contributor, you want to assess who are the influencers around you, who are the ones you're going to need to convince, like right. it's part of your strategy. So you just can't, well, like you said, if you're coming in to make a change, you still need to assess who will I need to work on and who's going to right. be like, they're just going to fall, you know, they'll, they, they'll be right with me and I can right. work with them. You'd have to assess that stuff. You just right. can't come in and just do whatever you want. Right. It doesn't it just, mean everybody, even if that's what you were hired to do, it doesn't mean everybody's jumping up for joy for what exactly. you were hired to do. And that you, it's your responsibility to assess that. And there could be, again, politics is a big, big thing. And I'm sure we'll <laughs> cover how to navigate politics, but politics is very much involved when, in this is coming up in the situation that we're mentioning now. And there's a real delicate balance between managing someone who's maybe not aligned with everybody else <laughs> and you making sure that you're kind of, 
really engaging your stakeholders stakeholders in a way that's productive. I've had to manage that so many times. It's a mm-hmm. delicate balance. It really, really is. And mm-hmm. you learn, you learn yeah. from trial and error and you adjust course and you just, you do what you need to do. And again, yes. to your point, I think that this can apply as an individual contributor or a leader if you're a manager of people. Yes. Now, if you're a manager of people, a lot of times organizations offer, I forget what they call these things, leadership assimilation. Yes. Um, that's a process where someone internally will typically facilitate the process. And it's, it's just a way for you to assimilate with your team, a way for you to get to know them and for them to get to know you. They get the opportunity that your team gets the opportunity to ask you questions. Uh, you get the opportunity to ask them questions. There's also an opportunity. I haven't led one of these in a while. So I'm sure you have and can remember have. the process, but it's like, there's also a part where the leader leaves the room, but I forgot yeah. what happens during that part. So it, oh. fill, fill in the, yeah. the gaps <laughs> where yeah. I forget so or for, forgotten. It's, uh, for leader assimilation, we usually do it like when a, when a leader's been there probably like four or five months. So you kind of know your team, you kind of don't, you know, you, you're just mm-hmm. getting into it, but you, um, yeah. So I usually have the last, I just did one a couple months ago. So I have the leader, um, on the, on the phone with all of their folks. They may say a few words like, thank you for participating, you know, please be open, blah, blah, blah. And then we kick them off. We, they, oh, it, we, we did it virtually because, you know, we're virtual right now. So mm-hmm. they get off the phone and then we have specific questions that the leader and I kind of talked about before that we want to ask. We always ask about, what do you know about your leader? what don't you know about your leader, but want to, and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be um, related to work. It could be like, how many kids do you have? When did you get married? Um, what's your favorite vacation spot? Or, you know, and then, mm-hmm. so we kind of start off kind of light. Then we kind of get into more. Um, let's talk about work. Like what things we always t- call it. Do you want to stop, start and continue? What things is your leader doing that you like, and you don't want them to stop doing what um, do you, do they do that you don't want to, you don't want them to do anymore. Like, I don't want to have Friday afternoon meetings after three, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever it may be. That would be one of mine if my leader did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what do you want to stop? What do you want to, what do you want them to start doing? What are some things that you would like to see them do? And then um, the leader may ask a question like, well, what do you think makes our team effective and what makes them less effective? We choose about five questions because we don't make it too long. And we have the the team answer those questions. And I, I'm the script writer in this process. So I'm just writing all the things down that they say, all the comments that they make, everything. Um, and then that usually lasts about an hour. I kick them all off the phone. Then I get back on the phone with the leader and I said, okay, here's all the feedback. And I show it to them. I show it to the leader. Give the leader, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes to absorb it. And then I have the leader come back with the team. They all get together. And then the leader addresses all those questions. Of course, they'll answer the kind of like the, you know, hey, what do we know about you? What don't we know about you? What do we want to know about you? They'll answer those questions. And then they'll comment or just say, hey, you know, I, I saw the comment about this is what you want me to stop doing. OK, I can stop having meetings Fridays at three. OK, I see how that, you know, or just have that dialogue mm-hmm. and have that conversation. And the whole point of it is for, like you said, the leader and the team to get to know each other better. Mm-hmm. Um because they ask, they'll ask questions like, well, how do you like to be communicated to? Do you prefer email? Do you prefer text? Or do you prefer us that we call you? What, you know, what do you like? Mm-hmm. You know, so you can get to learn those little things about your leader and, and what they like and what they don't like. But that's what, that's what it's all about is just to help, help the team and the leader kind of just assimilate and know each other better. So we kind of know how we need to operate and they have a better idea of what to expect. If mm-hmm. the leader, somebody's like, 
I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions when I call you or when we talk. So just be prepared for that because that's kind of how I learn. If they right. can tell you that at the beginning, that's going to be a lot for you to know that now. It's it's going to be a lot easier for you to guys for you two to have conversations or for or for you guys to have conversations when you're having staff meetings or whatever. Right. So that's the purpose of it, and that's yep. how it usually flows. Yep. Yeah, I haven't done one of those in a few years, so um, <laughs> I forgot. But they are helpful, and um, you know, if it's not offered to you as a leader, you can ask and see if it's something that people do. It's a, it's, I find that people don't do it as consistently as maybe they have in past years, but a lot of times it's like, Oh, let me pull that out out that old deck. If that's something that you want and let's do that. So first 90 days, I just kind of want to give some structure to this. So week one is where I think, you know, you have those meetings, you develop those relationships, you, you, you know, meet with people that you're going to be working with to get to know the, the people. If you're a leader, get to know your team, have those one-to-ones and go in with questions, asking what's your primary, resp- things like what's your primary responsibility? Um, mm-hmm. How might we work together? If it's people on your team, if it were me and it, I was going in with a new team, I would want to just get to know them. Right. You know, not only just what is it you do, but what is it that makes you tick? What are you passionate about? What is what is your most favorite project? What project did you hate the most? But because that's a way to get to know their strengths and development opportunities. So you can assess like, okay, what role might this person play, that person play, that person play? And again, again, you're going in asking questions so that you can start to formulate your own strategy. So that's what I would do in week, probably the first week one, week two. And of course, complete your orientation. If that's offered, ask for org charts, ask, you know, check out the intranet site, you know, look at news and things that's happening within the organization and make sure you ask questions like what are the most important things that um, we have going on right now? When you meet with your boss, for example, um, and you should meet with them several days throughout the week, especially throughout your first 90 days, you know, you shouldn't be meeting with them just once a week. (laughs) You should have several touch bases with them. That's what I would recommend and really get into their head when it comes to your boss. What is, what is it the most important to you? What keeps you up at night? What Mm -hmm. are my, what are my big, if, if you were to say, what are our three biggest priorities right now are, what would they be? And those are some things that you probably should have been asking in the interview anyway, but you can validate what that is as you continue to develop the relationship. What are, what would things, do you think would, I could make the most impact in within the first 90 days? Just ask. (laughs) <laughs> and the the boss, I'm sure, would love to answer that question and love to get you going on something, get get their perspective. Um, so again, weeks, you can first two to three weeks, build those relationships, start to work on your goals, depending on how that's formulated with the conversations with your boss. Get some quick wins in there, even if it's the most simple thing. It could be the most simple thing. And, you know, it's not like you're driving a whole bunch of change in 90 days. It could just be as simple as solving a quick problem that you heard somebody had, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it, it, it could be so many different things. But again, make sure you align with your boss about what that might look like. Um what else? Um, so like the first month, again, develop those relationships, get, you know, think about your strategy for quick wins. Month two. Um, I'd start to engage your stakeholders in some of the work you're doing. If you are, you know, going ahead and proceeding with work, engage stakeholders, things like that. And by the 90 day point, I think you should have at least one or two quick wins 
in there. And um, again, have those ongoing meetings with your team and your boss, absolutely within the first 90 days, but also ongoing. I think that that relationship building is important. And if you work for a company with most of the companies I have tended to work for are very relationship focused. And I don't know if that's you probably True. with most companies are like that, or if that's just my experience, but really don't underestimate building relationships. Don't make decisions in a vacuum. Don't do that. That could really, you know, I talked about navigating politics. You don't want to commit political suicide. <laughs> There's so many ways you could do that. And like I said, I think we'll dedicate a full episode to navigating politics because that's something I think I I've naturally do well. I don't know why, but... <laughs> <laughs> There's so many tips that I could share about how to navigate politics and do's and don'ts. But I do want to ask you a question. You alluded to it earlier. What are some don'ts? What are some things you would say, please don't do this within, <laughs> within your first 90 days? Because in your role in HR, I'm sure you've seen a lot of things that people should not do. Yeah, I think that was my big warning. Just please don't day three, four, five change a process or try and change a process or, or just don't change everything immediately. Once you get there, that, that's, that is like, that's suicide. Um, okay. because it automatically the people that you're working with or the people that you work for, or, or the people that work under you are like, why, why is this person coming in and changing everything? They don't even know what we did. So they think, you know, they're, they're like, do they think we're stupid and we, you know, we don't know what we're doing. So you don't want to ever give that impression that you don't, even though you might be like, yeah, the way they do this process is ludicrous. You still want to just assess, learn and observe and, and, and figure out why. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't come in assuming things. I guess that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, because like you said, that's political suicide. And um, you just need to watch out for that. Yeah. I think that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest thing um, that I can think of. Cause that's what causes me a lot of work. Number one, as an employee relations manager, <laughs> you know, as a manager, you know, when I, when I do with employee relations, that, that causes a lot of work. But I guess the other thing is, um, don't be silent either. I mean, yeah. you know, I, don't be silent. Make, like, you, like you said, you said throughout, throughout this podcast, ask a lot of questions, be curious, mm-hmm. um, but don't be a know-it-all. Just be curious. I was say that. Don't be a know-it-all. <laughs> don't be a know-it-all. Um, just be curious, learn, observe. You know, um, just be curious. Um, don't come and try and change anything, but don't be silent either, because <laughs> that's not going to bode well for your butt. You're like, well, why did I hire you? If you're just right. going to say it. Ask questions. And again, like I said, plant seeds, you know, it doesn't mean you can't share your ideas. Have you ever thought about such and such? Have you all been exposed to ABC? And that might make them more curious about your knowledge as opposed to here's, here's two different ways to do something. Let's say you have an idea. One way is like I just said, have you ever tried whatever that idea is, or have Mm -hmm. you ever heard of it? Um, And so that's one way. And then it's like, oh no, tell me more. That's a way to plant a seed. That's a way to do it in a way that's politically correct, for lack of better words, as opposed to, oh, man, I in my last company, we did such and such and it, it did this. And I think that this is what we should do at yeah. such and such. That's two totally different approaches. You still have the idea in your mind. And that's fine, but it's two totally different ways to approach sharing the idea. Make them curious. 
by asking (laughs) questions about that's related to your idea. Don't push ideas on to people. Right. It it will not go well. Trust me. It won't. So you said something that made me kind of giggle, but um, it's something that people need to be aware of. You know, I like the, the, the point you brought up to say, Hey, have you ever tried this versus saying at my old company, blah, blah, we did a, B, C, and D because you know, what gets really annoying because people have a tendency to do this and they don't even know they do it. Mm -hmm. They'll say, well, at my old company, well, this is what we did here. Nobody wants to hear that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that, you know, because um, I've actually had to tell a couple of directors who came from different places because they'll say, well, at my old job, we did it this way. And I said, yeah, nobody wants to hear about your old job. They don't care. Mm-hmm. And it, it does really annoy people. So just a, just a tip. Yeah. I still think there's a way you can say what you did at your old company that doesn't come across in a negative way. Let's right. say something comes up and there's a question that people are like, you know, we're not sure. I've done this before where I say, well, you know, um, this is something that we experienced at my old company and this is, this was something that we did. And, you know, I'm not sure if that's something that we might consider here, but just throwing it out there. I think it's all the way you position it Um, instead of saying, well, at my old company, we did blah, 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 blah. And I think that it's all about positioning, (laughs) I think. So, um, and again, you don't want to keep talking about your old company all the time, but I do it sometimes just as a frame of reference so they could understand how this, how it relates to the situation we're dealing with right now. And and also sharing with them that I've seen this before. This is familiar to me. And this is how, you know, this is what we might consider is what we might consider, not what we should do necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that's where people get into trouble. And I think, like you said, people don't know they do it. But then I hear afterwards, you know, people at the water cooler being like, if he mentions blah, blah, blah company one more time, <laughs> like I'm going to. So just be aware of it. Just be aware. And it, it, I think it's fine to say, hey, I've experienced before at, you know, in a previous life at a previous place. And this is what we this is how we handled it. Like you said, what do you guys think of that uh, of that approach? Right. Or Exactly. Uh, and it's still put framing it as a question to get their mm-hmm. feedback. And they may say, well, yeah, maybe that's something we might consider or no, it's you still putting the ball in their court as opposed mm-hmm. to just being a know-it-all and saying, I think this is what we should do because right. de- I've worked at many companies and everything does not work the same way. <laughs> it does not even in the same role. It's just every culture is different. Every company is different. There may be some things that work and there. There's definitely some things that will not. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Any other don'ts you can think of? No, not really. Um, no, I like biggest, what you, go ahead. I was like, the biggest one is just, you know, don't, don't be a know-it-all. Like you said, I think that's a perfect one. <laughs> I like Wait. what you said about don't, don't, be quiet either. I mean, you, you want to share your ideas, but like we've been talking about, there's an art to that. And, um, you know, asking questions, don't just sit in your office all day and not interact with people. Then people are like, have you seen such and such? I don't know. I haven't talked to them. I have no idea where they've been. I hope they're okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So take the initiative because sometimes people, they hire someone and they don't have necessarily a whole lot for them to do right away. And you could be stuck in your office. I've right. been there before. I've been there too. And it's like, you know, set up initial meetings with people and, you know, get mm-hmm. the orange card out or, you know, ask questions. So take the initiative, is, I think is what I'm trying to say. All right. And, you know, one thing I would say that you made me think about is um, 
in your first maybe 30 days is maybe when you don't have as much to do as you will, um, you know, once you get going, take advantage of that. Look, if you, if your if your company has a training program or trainings that you can take, take advantage of that stuff. Now, like you mm-hmm. said, peruse, peruse their intranet, see yeah. what's on you can take available. See, look at the team sites, whatever they have available to you. I mean, so if it is a little slow and you're not sure what to do, make sure you look at all, everything that's available out there and what you can take advantage of. Cause when you get, start getting busy, you're like, dang, I wish I would have. I know. That's so true. That's so true. All right. Well, um, hopefully this gives you some good tips, especially for those of you who have started new jobs. Congratulations. If you just got a new job, hopefully these tips will be helpful to you and we'll continue to share tips about how to do things like manage work relationships, how to network, how to manage your boss, uh, mentorship. There's so many ebbs and flows and things that you have to navigate in your career. And we will leave no stone unturned. If you have other topics you'd like for us to talk about, um, please let us know. Like I said, email me at uh, dreamlivingcoach at gmail.com. I mentioned that on the last episode. If you have... um, topics you like for us to cover, but chances are we probably already have it in our plan to cover because there's tons of topics that we, that are related to career that we have on our uh, roadmap. All right. So thank you, Terry, for joining me again. Thanks everyone for listening. We so appreciate you. And uh, again, we'll talk to you next time and uh, look forward to more episodes. Take care.